There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shattered. I am. If you remain standing, two scriptures we're going to look at. Flip first to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. We again welcome those watching at all of our campuses. Step one to reckon your life is don't forgive. Real simple step. Matthew 6, verse 14. You got it? For if you forgive men their trespasses, say they junk. Now, I know that's not a, a, a proper English to say they junk, but you understood what I was saying. For if you forgive men for their junk, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But look at verse 15. If you don't forgive Keisha, Tyrone, Steve, Sally, Pedro, Juan, if you don't forgive them for their junk, neither will your Father forgive you for your junk. That's the contemporary English translation of the Bible. Now flip over in that same chapter, go to Matthew chapter 18. In that same book, rather, go to Matthew chapter 18. Same book, go to uh, chapter 18. And I want you to get down to verse number 21. When you have it, say something to me. Verse 21, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. He thought he's been real spiritual. He said, I'm going to give him seven times. But Jesus said to him, I did not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Uh, what he was saying is, is as many times as it takes. Verse 23, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Say, that's us. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him of the debt. See, that's you and I before we knew Jesus. We owed him way more than we even knew that we owed him. And when we asked him for mercy, when we said, Lord, come into my life, he says, all right, I got you. Let me translate for those of you not familiar with that particular nomenclature. Everything's going to be I. Right. 
Look at verse 27. Then the master of the servants moved compassion. He released him and he forgave him the debt. In essence, he's saying, I know you ain't got the ability to pay me no how. So I'm not going to sit up here and put you in a torture chamber Amen. trying to get pennies out of you. I'm just going to release you and forgive you. But now look at verse 28. Because remember who we're talking about in this parable? Us. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants that owed him something. <laughs> he owed him a hundred denarii. Now remember, his debt was how many? 10,000 talents. Now he's talking about a much smaller sum, a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down on his feet and begged him and said, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't it sound like the same thing he asked his master for? But verse 30. But he would not. And he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Now, here's my question. How is he going to pay the debt if he's locked up? Isn't it crazy when you don't forgive folk, you're expecting them to pay for something that you put them in a place that they can't possibly pay for it? <laughs> so when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they'd been grieved and they told their master all that he had done. Then the master, uh, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all of your junk because you begged me. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Now you got me angry. And he delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do to each of you from his heart if he does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Father, you hear me and you always hear me. And in these next few moments, I pray that you would help us to conquer this step to wrecking our lives. Unforgiveness is not worth it. So today, I pray that we get free from whoever and whatever it is that we've been holding as a prisoner in our uh, imaginary torture chamber. And I pray that we would release them and forgive them today because it's not worth wrecking our life over in Jesus' name. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Amen. Tell somebody step one. High five them. Tell them. Say don't forgive. Don't, don't forgive. Have a seat. Have a seat. Now, that's if you want to wreck your life. Step one to wrecking your life is making the choice not to forgive somebody for hurting you. Now, I, I don't anticipate a lot of shouting during today's uh, experience, and so I'm cool. I prepped myself last night, so I shouted at myself a lot last night. Most people think they're good at forgiveness until they have to do it. And they will try to come give you a lesson on forgiveness and preach you a message on forgiveness. And they'll even buy you this CD and give you this CD because you got to forgive. But when it comes to somebody doing them wrong, all of a sudden, all of their expertise and forgiveness gets tested. <laughs> Every day you don't forgive, you torture yourself. The torture that you wish they were in for what they did to you, you actually put yourself in that place. And now whatever they did to you, they're doing to you over and over and over again. Every single day you choose not to forgive them. Amen. Somebody say, I don't want no torture. Tell them that. Here's the second thing when you don't forgive. God can't forgive you of your sin. Now, that, now that's deep right there. Because that would suggest to me that perhaps there are some people that think they're forgiven that aren't forgiven because they don't forgive. 
Uh, when Jesus is giving us the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, he says, forgive us as we forgive our debtors. In other words, I feel as forgiven as I forgive others. Do you understand? So that means a lot of times people will struggle with grief and they'll struggle uh, uh, with pain and things far longer than they were anticipated to because they do not have the ability to forgive. So therefore, they never feel forgiven for anything that they've ever done. And people that don't feel forgiven are people that will live recklessly and make really bad decisions with their life. Because since they don't feel forgiven, they figure, well, I might as well just do what I'm going to do because I'm going to wherever anyhow. Third thing, though, about choosing not to forgive is it hinders your prayers. Imagine now somebody did something to you. Get it in your mind because you got somebody. You, you got somebody you've been holding. You forgave eight people, but you got this one you've been holding. I, I know, I, I know, because everybody's got somebody that the Lord put in their life to test their forgiveness. See, I, I, that's cool. I told you, I didn't expect a lot of shouting today. That's all right. I know I'm talking to you then. I'm in your Kool-Aid. I'm in your stuff. Every, God will allow somebody to come into your life to wrong you in such a way that all of your Christianity is tested. Any better know something about that? God will let somebody do you so wrong that everything you've ever sat in here and learned and sat in here and listened to immediately in that 15-second moment, it is put on trial. And God says, now, if you choose to make what they did to you bigger than what I did for you, then I choose not to hear your prayers. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, just write it down. It says this, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you. The essence of the text is, is that God says, I'm not really interested in talking with you about your house, your car, your spouse. Your I don't really want to have a conversation about that until you do for them what I did for you. Got two claps right there. Got two. Say it again. God says, I'm not really interested in talking about what you're going through, what you need help with, what you want me to do, what you want me to bless, what you want me to change. I'm not really interested in having that conversation with you until you can do for them what I've already done for you, which is forgive. Now, now, now watch this. Forgiveness can be hard. From our human perspective, because it involves vulnerability. And nobody in here likes to be vulnerable. I don't care if you got mercy. Mercy was on your spiritual gifts list and you had 48 score on mercy and two on everything else. I don't care if you are the mercy king or queen. Nobody likes feeling vulnerable. Because vulnerability suggests that I allowed you to get somewhere and the only way you were able to trespass is that you stepped into a place that I let you in. So now forgiveness is difficult because I got to admit that I let you into a place where you had the ability to hurt me. And nobody likes to admit their weaknesses. Nobody likes to admit that, well, I did that. Nobody, nobody likes to do that and, and, and because when we're vulnerable, we feel weak. And when we feel weak, we feel naked. When we feel naked, we feel ashamed. And we feel ashamed we don't want to do anything that's productive. Now, 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 as we're moving through this, say biblical forgiveness. Say that. Because there's a lot of misconceptions and bad understandings about forgiveness. For example, you heard somebody who you supposed was a very spiritual Christian and they told you something because you were going through something and they told you, well, you got to forgive and what? Forget. Problem is, that ain't in the Bible. Now, he forgives and forgets, but doggone it, I'm not him. 
And we'll get into that in just a moment. There's a lot of bad ideologies, a lot of misconceptions, a lot of bad thoughts about forgiveness. So let's define forgiveness so we can define what it is. And then we're going to talk about how to do it. And then we're going to do it so that we avoid step one of wrecking your life. Because the consequences are too big. Could you imagine talking to God and God saying, well, I really wasn't listening. And not because I wasn't interested in what you had to say, per se. It's just that I wanted you to do what I, to them what I had already done for you. So, so wouldn't that be interesting? This isn't in the scripture, but just, uh, just indulge me for a moment. Wouldn't it be interesting if you had been praying for years and nothing happened and you were wondering why nothing happened and God says, that's because I really wasn't listening? Maybe some of the stuff you say, I've just been waiting on the Lord for. It's been five years. I've just been waiting on God to move. Maybe God says, baby, I've already made the decision to move. I'm just not doing it until you do for them. What I've done for you. Because I already told you in my word, I'm not interested in forgiving you until you forgive them. Amen. <laughs> Say biblical forgiveness. So here's forgiveness. You ready? It's the process. And I, I, could, I could preach the whole rest of the message on the process. Because sometimes you have those moments where you, you'll feel like you forgave them until you see them. Anybody ever been there? Please be real with me, y'all. Since you ain't going to shout, at least be real with me. And you'll be like, uh, and you'll be real spiritual about it, too. Somebody said, well, what happened with so a child? I forgave him. I got to move on with my life. God has got me going to new places in him. I got to move on. And then you see him. That nasty so, so and so. Hey, how you? <laughs> stand him. You know what they did to me? <laughs> That's exactly how it happens. You be trying to be real spiritual and real deep until you see that joker. And when you see him, you just assassinator. What we call them in the country, we call them assassinators. <laughs> it's a process, which means, watch this, it's not an emotion. It's a decision. It's a process, which means it may take me some time to forgive and, and if you're a person on the other end of needing forgiveness, stop putting all these timetables on people. But the Bible says you're supposed to forgive me. It don't tell me when I have to. <laughs> However, when I don't, I already understand God's not hearing what I'm saying. I put myself in a torture chamber. The, the, the risks are far too great. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's the process of concluding. Listen to this. Resentment. And anger. Woo. We cool with forgiving them when we forgive them from afar. <laughs> but when they're in that cubicle next to you. <laughs> As a result of an offense, difference, or mistake. You can get the CD or the DVD, because for those of you taking notes, you can get it good. And here's the, here's, the, here's the coup de grace. Here's the blow of mercy. Ceasing to demand punishment or restitution. So it is the process of concluding resentment and anger as a result of an offense. Ceasing to demand punishment or restitution. Which means when you forgive, you no longer want to see them go to hell. 
Because for all your spirituality, you know. See, that, 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 that's why some of you say, Lord, I, I know there's a hell. I know it's because some folks got to go. What they did to me, they got to go. Hey, KB ain't no hell. Somebody going to hell. It means I no longer want to see what they did to me happen to them. Because I, I, I'm no longer looking for punishment for them. I'm no longer after restitution from them. We are never more like God than when we forgive others. Why? Because what is forgiveness? Look at the word forgive. It is giving the mercy and grace to others that we need ourselves. We're never more like God than when we have the ability to look at somebody that did us down low, dirty dog, dirty. And say, I forgive you. And not only do I forgive you, but I'm not even looking for nothing from you. Okay, I got three shouts, okay. So we already established next, forgiveness is a decision, not an emotion. Forgiveness, watch this, watch this, because remember there's a lot of bad understandings. It is not always everything going back to the way it was. Now I need to clean this up real good, because a lot of Christians will say, well, I forgave them, and so, you know, they're supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be, supposed to be like how we were. That ain't in the Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Forgiveness is not things necessarily going back to the way they were. Bishop, give me some scripture. Absolutely. Adam in the garden. Adam in the garden. After he had sinned and after they had fallen and and gone against what God had said. The Bible says that God put a cherubim with a flaming sword at the entrance of the garden. And Adam, excuse me, and Eve and the kids were in the garden. But Adam was kept from the garden. Now, we make the presumption that God forgave him because, because we don't see anywhere else where God will do something contrary to what his nature is, which is to forgive, because his nature is to give. Got it? So then God says, Adam, I forgive you, but you never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, never coming back in here again. Get the point. See, if forgiveness meant everything went back the way it was, then there'd never be any scriptures about discipline. There'd never be any scriptures about things like judgment. There'd never be any scriptures about stuff like that if forgiveness was everything going back to the way it was. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because some people say, I'd forgive them, but I just don't want to be their friend no more. That's cool. You can forgive them and cease friendly activity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Forgiveness doesn't equal fellowship or relationship. Don't equal that. That's not what it means. People say, well, I, I forgave my ex. I guess I got to go get back with him. No. Put that Drano down. Get in the word. Now, check this out, though. If you decide to fellowship or go back to things the way they were, then you can't keep bringing up what you said you forgave them for. Okay, you can't say, all right, okay, all right, we're going to go back to the way it was. And then every time they did, but now look, now you can't do that. You can't have it on both sides of the coin. Either you're going to forgive and say, but no fellowship, or you're going to forgive and say fellowship, but now I can never use this as ammunition against you. See, couples, this is a very important thing that you have to learn. Because, because if you're going to forgive and stay, then you can't forgive and complain about what you stayed for. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. All right. Okay, now, 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 next thing. Forgiveness is forgetting the pain, but remembering the lesson. 
We are not supposed to forget the lesson. You'd be crazy to go through all of what happened to you to get to the end of it and forget all about it. That's crazy. That makes no sense to God or to man. Forgiveness means I forget the pain of what was perpetrated against me. But I remember the lesson that I learned from what was perpetrated against me. Which means I learned maybe I need to pray to have a little bit more discernment before I let people that close. I, I learned that maybe before I show up and throw up all of my business, I need to at least know them for more than 20 minutes. You, you see, you learn some lessons. Touch your neighbor and say, don't forget the lesson. Touch him, don't, don't forget the lesson. Don't forget the lesson. Forgiveness is not an arrogant decision, but one of humility. It gets me the people that say they're forgiven, but they're very arrogant about their forgiveness. <laughs> well, no, I chose to forgive. <laughs> because you know, I'm a Christian. <laughs> and Christians forgive. You, you, you know what? I, I, I forgive you. Here's what I found out about real forgiveness. Is it takes a lot of humility to forgive. Because real forgiveness, real forgiveness, remember we've defined it now. Real forgiveness means I have to admit that I was vulnerable and I have to admit that somehow I gave you the power to hurt me. And I got to admit that maybe all of the offense was not limited to you, but maybe some of it had something to do with me. So when I really forgive, it's not this arrogant, haughty, pontificating decision. When I really forgive, it's a decision of humility because I'm like, oh, Lord, if you don't help me, Jesus. It's not not arrogant. But I forgave you. It's not arrogant. It doesn't doesn't do all of that. No, 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 no. Watch this. Because forgiveness is beyond us. It's the work of God in us. It's beyond us. It makes no sense to us because we, we live by a code in our culture called eye for an eye. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You slap me, I'm going to slap you back. You talk about my mama, I'm going to talk about your mama. I mean, forgive. I forgive you once I finish talking about your mama. Let me give you a real simple definition for forgiveness. You ready? Moving on without the junk in your trunk. That's the simple one. When you're trying to tell somebody tomorrow at work what the message was about, you just say, moving on without the junk in my trunk. That's just tell them. A lot of people in life, I want you to get this image. I want you to get this image. And, and then I'm going to preach and shout you real good here in just a moment. Now, I want, you to get this, I want you to get this image. Choosing not to forgive is packing up a U-Haul, but not the 1999 one. The 39.99 one, the big one. It's choosing to pack that up with everything they did to you and everything you subsequently did to yourself and then driving that everywhere and not parking it at the door but trying to make everybody around you make room for it around them. So, so get this image. So get this image. This morning you woke up, and if you had unforgiveness, if you, there was somebody you chose not to forgive, because that's step one to wreck your life, you chose not to forgive them, you pulled up here with your $39.99 big U-Haul, and you didn't just park it up in the front. 
No, you didn't take one of the big lanes. You didn't take 10 parking spots so the rest of the folk got to go park across the street. You didn't do that. No. What you did was you said, I need somebody to open this door. For what? Because all of this junk in my U-Haul is coming in this building and in this sanctuary with me. See, you can tell people that haven't forgiven because every time you talk to them, they start unpacking their U-Haul. You, 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 you can hear the hurt and the pain in their life because every time you get around them, they're unpacking. Because they brought their U-Haul into work. You, it's there. You just don't see it. It's sitting right there, and it's full of stuff. It's full of hurt, pain, vulnerability, shame, guilt, all this. Thing. And, and, and what they do is the moment you say something to them, they start unpacking it. Well, let me tell you what happened to me. That's what unforgiveness looks like. It's having a bunch of junk in your trunk and making me have to put up with it. Making your wife have to put up with it. Making your husband have to put up with it. Making your children have to put up with it. Some of you are still mad at your parents and so you treat your kids the way your parents treated you. And, and You got your U-Haul in their bedroom. It don't even fit. Are you hearing me? Now, let's make this real pragmatic. Let's make this real pragmatic. If you need to be forgiven by someone, because sometimes you're not on the side of where I've been hurt. Sometimes you're on the side of the hurter. <laughs> you're the offender, not the offendee. Stop telling them that they have to forgive you because the Bible says so. Isn't it somehow you broke the Bible and going to try to use the Bible against me? Okay, y'all ain't never had nobody do that to you. They know four scriptures, and them four scriptures they know they use against you. What the Bible says, don't judge. That's the only scripture you know. If you need to be forgiven by someone, because remember, remember the consequences of this, how it works both ways. If you need to be forgiven by someone, I want to make it real pragmatic. Number one, you need to admit that you were wrong to yourself. I don't care about you telling me you apologize if you don't even understand what you did wrong. And here's how you can tell people that apologize and they don't think they did something wrong. Listen to it real careful. I apologize for anything I may have done. Okay, you don't know what you did then. So ain't no need in us talking. You ain't asking for forgiveness. You're doing a politically correct move. You're trying to run for the election or something. Don't come up in here with all that. You don't even know what you did. I apologize for anything that I may have done to offend me. Okay, well then you don't know what you did. So ain't no need in us talking. Ain't no y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. But see, some of y'all done pulled that on people, and some of y'all done had that pulled on you. And you're like, well, what do you mean what you may have done? I, t I got pictures of what you did. What you talking about? I got security camera footage. That's your hand. I got <laughs> whatever I may have done. No, you need to admit that you were wrong. That takes humility. Then the second thing you need to do is you got to get it right with God. You, you got to get that thing right with God. That means you go to God for forgiveness. 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. But then it's not enough to do that. The third thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get it right with man. Now, this is the part that a lot of Christians didn't read in the Bible. Because they'll say stuff like this. Well, I, I'm good with God. So I don't care about what they got to say. Well, I'm here to tell you uh, that ain't what the book say. I'm going to show you some scriptures in just a moment to show you that's not what the book says. You got to get, listen, you got to get it right with people when you... Hurt people. Not enough to just say, but they should forgive. No, 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 no. How are you going to be arrogant after you sat there and committed treason? 
No, no, no. You got to get it right with people, which means you got to go to them and say, I was wrong. Not for anything I may have done. I'm going to tell you exactly what I did to offend you. I did this. I did this. I did this. Now, that may be some extra stuff I didn't realize I had done. And you can tell me about that. But you got to get it right with people. Especially if somebody's hurt you. Check this out. Maybe, just maybe, perchance, God hasn't allowed that person that hurt you to come to you to get forgiveness because you haven't gone to the people you've hurt. To seek forgiveness. Maybe God says, I'm not giving what you want until you give them what they want. Just just a thought. Just just something to snack on. What are them snacker Arby's, you know, the little snacks. And then number four, you got to make restitution if possible. So let's be real good about this. Restitution. Pay me back. Pay pay who you hurt back. Okay? If possible. So let's just say the offense was you stole from somebody. It ain't enough to say, I apologize. I, I did not mean to steal from you. Well, that's not being totally true, but you meant it. <laughs> how you not mean to put your, how you not mean to write checks that obviously was not yours? How you not mean to do that? You accidentally wrote TJ Maxx on there. <laughs> and accidentally got in the line. And accidentally put up, I mean, come on, stop that line now. Uh, it's quiet in the church. I told you, I, I shouted myself last night, so I don't really care if you don't shout. You got to make restitution if possible. So if the offense was money, you took some money from somebody, then, the, then restitution is pay them back with some interest. You know, Pre-Bush uh, pre first term interest. Pre-housing market collapse interest. Mm-hmm. That, that is zero percent federal funds stuff. I want some real interest. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Are y'all getting the point? Okay. Whatever restitution, if you if possible, then make it. Got it. Scripture in Hebrews in chapter nine, around verse fourteen, it talks about having a clean conscience. And sometimes you cannot clean your conscience until you've done everything you can do in order to right the person or situation that you've wronged. Got it? Now let's get to the one everybody's ready to get to. If you need to forgive somebody, look at your neighbor say, do it today. No, tell them like you really shout at them. Tell them like I just told them you're going to forget. Tell them, do it today. Because let's remember, every day you don't do that, you torture yourself, God can't forgive you of your junk, and it hinders your prayer. So if you need to forgive somebody, you got to do it when? Today. But Bishop, you don't know what they did to me. Baby, I'm here to tell you, you're not the only one they did it to. Can I help you for just a moment? You were not their first victim. And I'm here to tell you, you're not a victim anyhow. If God let that happen to you, it was to make you stronger and better and wiser. You got to stop looking at yourself as if you're the underdog. No, you are a king and a priest, Revelation 1.6. You'll know what they did. I don't care what they did. They did it to other folk too. That helped me. When people hurt me, it helps me to realize, wait a minute, this ain't the, I ain't the first pastor they done this to. They didn't done that to him, 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 and him. And so they ain't doing nothing new but what they do. Now, if you need to forgive somebody, when we going to do it? Today. So here's how you do it. Number one, pinpoint the offense. You can't, you, you, if you need, if, if you... <laughs> want to forgive somebody, you need to actually know what it is that they did to you. Talk to a lot of people and say, well, well, tell me what, but I just, I'm just mad about the whole situation. 
Well, I, what do you need to forgive in this? What, what, is the, what, what is the offense? I mean, just the whole thing. Well, unfortunately, that doesn't work in the realm of forgiveness. We need some specific occurrences and events. On such and such, they did such and such, which made me feel such and such, so on and so forth. Got it? Now, now look, uh, uh, flip to Matthew 18. I want you to look at this real quick. I want, you to see, I want you to see this. Got to pinpoint the offense, especially in relationships. And not just dating and marriage, but, but, but friendships, any level of relationship. If you want it to last, this is important. Because what happens is, is unforgiveness will drive a wedge between people. And that wedge eventually will outweigh what brought them together in the first place. And again, we're talking all levels of relationships. Okay, now Matthew 18, go to verse 15. It says, moreover, if your brother does what? Go and tell him his fault. Watch this, watch this, you gossipers. Not to everybody else. Do you know what they did to me? You're not following the Bible. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, the specific thing he did. Between who? You and him. Alone. I I love the Bible because he says, I don't want y'all having no ambiguity about this. He says, between you and him. And Jesus knew one of them crazy disciples was going to say so. So he said, alone. Are you getting it? Not, not, Not on Facebook. It's amazing because most folk got more of their business on Facebook. You you ain't even got to be spiritual no more. You can tell what's going on with people. Go check their Facebook page. And you can can read it. And then if you want to seem real deep to you, go to I know you're going through a lot right now. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. Because you put the whole world know your stuff. You updated your profile and 500 million Zuckerberg know what you've done. Look what he says. Go and tell you and your brother and tell him it's fault you all alone. Now look at this, verse 16. But if he won't hear you, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Establishes. Established. And if he refuses to hear them, look what he say. Tell Bishop. <laughs> tell it to the church. Now the reason this concept came up is because in the Hebrew culture, the church was the final authority. The the church was not only the political authority, not only the spiritual authority, it was also the familiar, the family authority. At the end of the day, anything that was brought to the church was dealt with and it was handled tough. For example, they had things like they called communal sin. Whereas if one person knew that somebody else was doing something wrong and didn't tell on them, then, then, then it'd be communal sin, which means the whole camp would be guilty of the sin. So the rabbi... And, and, and the priests, they get together and they say, now, do you know, because uh, the priests made the sacrifices to God, the priests went to uh, 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 God on behalf of the people and, and, the, and the rabbi taught the people on behalf of God. And so they'd come together and say, now, do you know so-and-so and so-and-so is doing this? And so you know what they say? Get the deacons and go to their house and tell them they got 20 minutes to get this right. And if they don't, we putting them out to camp. So they'd walk up, I mean, and they came deep, too. They, I mean, they came deep. I mean, they, they came deep. And they <laughs> Who is it? Rabbi Shmuley and the deacons. <laughs> they open the door. Hey, look here, man. We heard you ain't, you ain't doing right. We, 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 uh, we heard you ain't treating your wife right. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, let me tell you something. You got 20 minutes to convince us that you are treating her right. And we want to see you treat her. Go cook for her. Go get her some flour. We want to see you treating her right. Because I'm going to tell you something. The boy, 
That, that's, how, that's how they talk. It didn't matter. It was the age. What did, what did, what did, what did, they said, little boy, you see these curlicues? I will straight put you out the camp. And you're going to be broke, busted, and disgusted. You got 20 minutes. We waiting. So when they said, go tell it to the church, they knew that when it came to the church, the church was going to throw down. The church was just going to say, oh, just put it in God's hand. No, the church is going to come and say, listen, let me tell you something. You better get it right with her for we put you out. And wasn't no appeal in it. You couldn't go, I ain't got to listen to man. No, they, they dropped dead for that kind of talking. No, 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 no. That's New Testament, by the way. No, the church would go. I, I used to do this. I used to do this where, where folk would be doing right, and, and I, I'd go have intervention sessions. And I mean, I'd show up, I'd show up, and I'd, now you got to get this together. Of course, we live in a 21st century church now where if you do tell the church people, hey, that ain't my pastor. Crazy stuff. And that's why your life looks the way it looks because you won't submit to nobody. Mm-hmm. You won't listen to nobody and wonder why your stuff looked the way it did. And look at what it says. And if he refuses to hear the church, treat him like a tax collector. They didn't like them then. <laughs> Still don't like them. <laughs> treat him like a heathen or a tax collector. They said, don't even fool with them if they won't do right. See, so this is why it's important to understand because a lot of people, oh, mercy and love and forgetting, they got it all twisted. No, if you don't do right, the Bible says I can treat you like you are the I, R, and the S. I don't want to see you unless I have to see you. And when I do see you, you better have something for me. (laughs) Second thing, after you pinpoint what they did, we really just kind of saw it in that scripture. Confront it. You got it? You got to confront it. It's not enough to just say, well, they know what they they did. Sometimes people do. Sometimes people don't. Sometimes people are just so used to hurting everybody that it becomes their status quo. It becomes their MO, their modus operandi. They don't know they hurt you. Some people are just so abrasive when they talk. They don't even know it's abrasive. It's just normal. They're just a Brillo pad. This is what they are. They're just sandpaper. Every time you get around them, you get refined. Some people don't know that. So you got to not only pinpoint it, then you have to what? Confront it. And the scripture told you, they don't want to hear you. No shame off me. No heart off me. I'm still going to go to step three, which is I'm going to forgive you. Even if you didn't ask for it, I'm going to forgive you. Why? Because it's not worth me carrying you around with me all day long. So even if you don't ask me for forgiveness, in all the scriptures, we look Luke 17, Matthew 18, where we just looked at Matthew 6, we see that there seems to be this condition where they have to necessarily ask for it. But what about, because some folk that you haven't forgiven are no longer walking the earth. So they can't ask you for it. Y'all not saying nothing. Uh, 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 some folk are, are invalid. They, they don't have the ability to speak to you now, and you're holding. So, so, so really the, the concept of forgiveness is, is that even if you don't ask for it, I'm going to do it because it's not for you. It's for me. It's not, not for you. If you feel free from it, great. But at the end of the day, this ain't for you. This is for me. Got it? So, so forgive. Now, remember what we, we already learned from forgiveness is. Y'all all right? We're just talking through it. I'm going to shout you real good in just a moment. I want to make sure we get it. 
because more than just receiving the word with joy, I want to make sure you receive the word with understanding so that when you got to go forgive somebody today, because you got to do it when? Today. That way, when you pray tonight, God will be like, okay, I'll do that. Got that. No problem. After you forgive, you cease the feeling of resentment and punishment and anger and all of that. Once you forgive, then the fourth thing you got to do is deal with the pain. Forgiveness does not necessarily remove the pain. But forgiveness is my conscious decision to let that pain go, forget that pain, and to move on with no junk in my trunk. You got it? That, that, that's it. That's it. I got to deal with the pain, which means, watch this, that, that dealing with the pain thing, that's going to require a lot of the word. Got it? And sometimes as you're processing and dealing with that pain, it's going to rise up. You, you ever been there where, where it starts rising up on you? And you get mad all over again? Y'all ain't going to say that. Where, where you go through it all over again, it's like... <laughs> give me a minute. Just give me one minute. I, I've had that happen. I've had that happen. And, and it's a trip because it'll, it'll, it'll tell you where you're really at on your forgiveness yeah. process. It'll tell you where you're really at. Because they've been like, oh, I forgave them. I'm not, praise God. God bless them. And then all of a sudden I start rethinking. So you got to be careful when you start thinking. I start thinking about what they did. And all of a sudden I get furious. I mean, not anger. I, I skip anger and go to wrath. To where my, all of a sudden my phone reminds me. They held his phone. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you get, I mean, you get beyond anger. You got wrath. You're like, let me see him in the street. Jesus, please let me see him. Got to deal with the pain. Now, here's the fifth thing you got to do. Here's the fifth thing you got to do. And I'm, and I'm done. Here's the fifth thing you got to do. Choose whether or not they warrant further fellowship. Choose whether or not they warrant further fellowship. Remember what we talked about earlier, that forgiveness doesn't mean fellowship? So you have to choose, am I going to let this person in my life the way they were pre-offense? If I choose that, I can't use this as ammunition against them anymore. Got it? Let me give you a great example of this. Let me give, you, give me a good example of this. If you're standing next to somebody and they punch you, and they're like, forgive me. First time, first time, come on, we're Christian people. First time, we'll be like, I, you know, oh, I, I got a good When you're in a crowd and you're trying to get to the Bronco game or you're trying to get to the Nuggets game and that rude so-and-so and they kids and all that, and so they know that they bumped up, but they know they hit you. And you kind of look over and say, Lord, keep me near the cross. Keep me near something. <laughs> you, you'll forgive him. So man punches you. He punches you. Forgive me. Uh, okay. I forgive you. I just learned that if I don't forgive, it's the first step to wrecking my life. I forgive you. Now, if you choose to stand right there in the same place you were standing before, in proximity of their fist, and they hit you again. I didn't mean to. Okay. I forgive you. 
But now if you choose to stand right back there in the same place that you were before and they punch you again, at some point the question becomes, not a question, this is graduated to a question. It becomes, now either I'm going to stand here and keep forgiving you for what I know you're going to do. See, because some folk act surprised when folk do what they know they're going to do. You knew they was a lie when you started uh, being friends with them. Why are you all surprised that they're lying now? Amen. Amen. Uh, Christians, Christians trip me out with something. <laughs> Y'all, the, the early experience gets, I'm taking a little further. <laughs> you stand in the same place. Boop. Jesus said, as long as you kept putting yourself right there, then you got to keep saying, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. But what biblical forgiveness says is, I forgive you, but I choose to stand over here. <laughs> I forgive you, I'm not mad at you, I'm not angry with you, I'm just deciding that every time I stand next to you, you seem to like to use your hand. That's cool. God bless you. I'm praying for you that you get that whole elbow reflex thing worked on. But what I'm going to do is remove myself from this situation. And I'm not going to stand right here no more for you to do what you do. Until you can graduate beyond doing that, I choose to stand over yonder. And in me choosing to stand over, I can love you from over here. See, it ain't even got to be a negative thing. I'm praying for you. I'm just doing it over here. See, a lot of people say, well, right, so and so supposed to be a Christian. They don't even want to come around. I don't want to come around you because you're crazy. And since you're crazy, I decided I don't stand next to crazy folk. I choose to stand over here. I, I'll stand by myself if I got to stand because I'm not going around no drama and no mess and no stuff where I know you're going to do what you do because that's what you do. You got family folk like that. Why don't so-and-so come around? They're supposed to be a Christian. Proof that I didn't come around is that I'm a Christian. Because had I come, I may have had a relapse into Adam's nature. Y'all ain't going to be real with me. Have you ever had a moment where Adam's nature popped up in you? And all of a sudden you have to remind yourself. Boy, you're a Christian Here's the big question. Here's the big question. Because I always get this question anytime I talk about things like forgiveness. I always get this question. Bishop, how do I know if I've forgiven somebody? That's how you know you haven't. That's how you know. I feel, no, you don't know, then you ain't done it yet. How do you know you haven't forgiven them? That's how you know. Because you're questioning it. You're not sure about it. That's how you know. You know, because when I think, well, you know, that's how you know. If you're confused about whether or not you've done it, you haven't done it. That's like, how do I know I went to the gym today? Why, well, are you sweating? I mean, is you, <laughs> did you get a swipe on your card? I mean, did you, did you drive, did you leave your house? Did you, did you leave your house? How, you, how do you know you haven't forgiven somebody? That's how you know. Check it out. It's not worth 
torturing yourself. It's not worth hindering your prayers. It's not worth God saying, ooh, I can't forgive you because I put a condition in my word that your forgiveness for me was tied to your forgiveness of them. Stand up with me, everybody. Woo! Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Oh, come on now. You know you deserve it. A steak patty on any McDonald's breakfast sandwich. I mean any breakfast sandwich. Biscuit, McMuffin, Bagel, McGriddles, a juicy steak patty on any breakfast sandwich. And when you order through the app, buy one and get one free. Now go get them. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. 